Welcome to another episode of The Corner Booth, the official podcast of RestaurantOwner.com and Restaurant Startup and Growth Magazine. Today, the restaurant industry is changing faster than ever. Learn from successful independent restaurant operators and other industry leaders as they share best practices that will help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business. Hey, thanks for joining us on another episode here at Corner Booth. I'm Chris Tripoli with RestaurantOwner.com. I'm Barry Schuster, editor of Restaurant Startup and Growth, the magazine of RestaurantOwner.com. Hey, we are so pleased to present uh, Grace Wang. She and her husband are the proprietors of Duck and Bao Restaurant and another one, Hong Dai 33. And so we're going to be very interested in learning a little bit about you and having you share your story. Welcome, Grace, to Corner Booth. Hi, everyone. Grace Wang. So, Grace, we always like to start out by getting the story of the people we're talking to, the, how they got into the restaurant business, what, what drove them in that direction. And then, of course, we want to talk about your concepts and your philosophies on management and operations. But can you tell us how you, uh, your journey into the restaurant business of you and your husband? Sure. Actually, I worked through my college uh, in a restaurant business. So I was starting as a server and later on, after a couple, you know, couple months, I got raised to a manager position. So the reason I do have my bachelor and master degree in accounting, but I still prefer back to the restaurant business because I really enjoy to work, you know, in the restaurant and love being with people and serve them. Also, I enjoy talking and the different customers and make friends with them and getting to know each other. Everybody has their own stories. So I'm learning their life experience. Also, yeah, so I can getting, you know, to know different people, different culture. That's why um, I think I love more restaurant business than, you know, doing accounting works. That's, uh, yeah, that's the story. Oh, that's a- a world of difference, obviously, between yes. the office, uh, the calculator, and the you know, and the numbers. And Although, I, being an accountant is not a bad background if you're running a restaurant, is it, Grace? Right, right. <laughs> Actually, I can do my own books. That's why, yeah. And then, yeah, check everything correctly, doing the payroll part and tax returns. I can review tax returns from CPA. Mm-hmm. So, tell us about your concepts, if I'm not mistaken. They're based on Korean cuisine. Is that correct? Yeah, we do have uh, two concepts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is duck and ball. It's Chinese cuisine. And Chinese, okay. another one is Korean. Okay. Yes. Uh, the reason we start uh, duck and ball because um, I'm from Beijing. I was born in Beijing, China. Mm-hmm. The baking duck and dumplings are our, you know, like city cuisines. Mm-hmm. Also, my husband from Sichuan. And then, so spicy food is their city cuisine. Mm-hmm. The, that's the reason we combine these two cuisines together and open this duck and bao. Mm-hmm. And was duck and bao your first restaurant? Actually, my husband started a restaurant business since uh, he was 17. So he had a lot of concepts before, like a ramen noodle house and a sushi bar. Yeah, and the, even mm-hmm. the food courts in the mall. And mm-hmm. he's still on a full core in the Baby Rock Mall right now. 
Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, how yeah. long? Um, how long have you guys been operating Duck and Bow? Uh, actually, since May 2020, and it's still in COVID time. And it was really hard from beginning for us to open a restaurant since it, you know it, we we couldn't open the dining area. It's only for to go. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to hire a server. So from beginning, it's very complicated for us. But uh, the good thing is we do uh, have a, a app. It's a kind of Chinese app called WeChat. And uh, we do create a, we did create a, like uh, a group. Mm. Um, for example, like we have a TMC group. We have a Wulan group. And then all the different areas in Houston, we have a groups and uh, uh, around 200 people per group. And then so we, back then the COVID time, like 2020, we did delivery only. Right. So we have to go, we have delivery, me and my husband delivery directly to the, you know, to this area and the customers can get uh, their food. So that's that. Yeah, that's from beginning. It's hard. That's tough. You know, now Gary and I have heard from a tremendous amount of operators, of course, how how difficult it was for them to make the adjustment Mm -hmm. uh, to limited menus and doing an awful lot of, you know, off premise and uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, But I don't think, you know, we've heard about uh, opening. I mean, uh, the idea of trying to establish your concept when you can only be delivery only kind of challenges that present like for example did you have to do more of a limited menu did you operate limited hours uh and then how did you phase back in to promoting you know dining in-house once uh you know COVID allowed you to yeah from from beginning like you mean like uh only for to go or dining menu well, maybe both because you opened in COVID, so you couldn't do both menus. So it's going to be kind of interesting for us to hear how did you open, how limited was the menu, and then how did you switch over? And- yeah, that was a very good question. Especially, uh, we have been serving a lot of Chinese people back then the COVID time because I, I only using the Chinese app called WeChat. So it's all Chinese mm-hmm. customers. The, yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, so we created a very, you know, like uh, authentic uh, uh, Chinese cuisines back to to for them. Yeah, it's very good. Like uh, we had the best chef back then. And uh, also um, so we can deliver to their area and uh, they can get good food from, mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. After that, we changed a little bit after, you know, we're right open to everybody so we change with us change a little bit uh, from the menu part mm-hmm. and also during covid uh, we have to provide all the uh, chef living together we provide their house and uh, we, because we want to make sure they're healthy and then you know didn't get sick mm-hmm. so pretty much just me my husband the family work in the restaurant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In terms of the sourcing of your menu, um, and you haven't really talked about much about it. I mean, uh, there's there's Chinese food. In my experience, is very diverse. Um, yes. In terms of uh, duck and bao, I imagine duck is on the menu, which uh, yeah, I, I like that. very much. Yes. And uh, and 
so in terms of, of sourcing your ducks during the supply chain issues or the other ingredients, um, uh, has it been easier for for you, more difficult? Um, how's that worked out? You mean during the COVID or current? Well, during COVID and then coming out of COVID. Okay. Uh, yeah, right now during this inflation period now. So I think, uh, yeah, it's very challenge. Mm-hmm. My husband pretty much compare all the vendors in Houston, and then we always, you know, compare the price, compare the product. We try all the different products, and then also the price. Some big corporation they gave out the different price. If you know one company order very often and a lot, they got a cheaper price. And then, um, yeah. So this is a. How, how do we know that? Because uh, we have friends in this industry, so we always talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then that's why we found out, oh, why their you know, shrimp is cheaper than ours? Mm-hmm. But we're older from same corporation. So it's hard, you know, like, um, depends. Depends how big you are, how often do you order from this vendor? How, uh, I think maybe call this uh, more like a relationship, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, with this corporation. And then you spend more, they give you cheaper. So like us, we're kind of new. Um, the the Dakar is only three years, and then the Hyundai only three months, four months, almost mm-hmm. four months. So yeah, so it's hard, it's challenging. We're still trying to uh, contact all the vendors we had we can to compare the prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. But it's a. It sounds like you grasp a very important purveyor. Uh, um, uh, I think, purveyor thought and uh, that uh, we've learned that a lot of other operators take much longer than the time you've been in business to grasp. And that's once you start looking at them as they want to look at you, and that's more of a relationship, not week by week, not uh, lowest priced here. And then you switch to somebody else who's a lowest price there. But as you build a relationship with the vendors, you seem to become more important to them as your volume grows. The price goes down, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like we hear that more people are having less trouble with uh, supply chain, less trouble with price variance or quality disruption when they commit to a vendor and they have that working relationship. Um, Is that what you're finding as well? I'm sorry, are you talking about the relationship with vendor? Yes, yes. Is that working with you? Um, uh, I mean, I realize it's only been three years, but still, uh, we've had many people on the podcast that after a longer period of that are are still sort of struggling uh, with purveyor decisions and comparisons. So have you uh, pretty much settled uh, and are winning with your relationships? Right now, yes, pretty much settled and then... But there's always some new vendors coming up and the way we like to know them. And then, yeah, still uh, actually for this um, retails, like corporation, like those uh, vendors, they're um, very competitive as well. So they they are willing to getting to know, you know, other competitors price as sure. well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Sorry, this the operating part is more my my husband's part. So mm-hmm. okay, so, so your concepts, um, they you are as you said they they already offer um, to go and delivery, but 
um, you also have dine-in service. Is the ambience more casual? Is it more upscale? Um, How would you describe it? um, Both our restaurants are more casual. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we welcome everybody and then casual. Yeah, just just provide them like uh, friendly and warm. What are your hours of operation and days? Um, duck and ball is uh, from 11 to 9.30 regular day. Mm-hmm. And then we close um, at 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday night and close night on um, Sunday night. So you open during the weekends as well? Uh, uh, yeah. Of course, yes. Every so, day. Yeah, every day. Excellent. <laughs> because, it's a, because it's a continuous service, is it one menu or do you switch lunch and dinner menus we only have one menu by far yes mm-hmm. good is it yeah. full service with uh with a bar and alcohol or no? yes we have a full bar mm-hmm. and dim sum dim sum and the baking yeah. duck and then the sichuan spicy food okay very nice mm-hmm. i'm getting hungry yeah, i need them too i love, I love <laughs> that food you are from china your husband and you have a lot of interest in 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 that cuisine and then your second um Concept, concept is 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 Korean concept, which is is different than Chinese food in in many ways. What 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 was your decision to go that direction, uh, given the fact that you clearly you know I mean obviously you you led with Chinese food, you understand the cuisine, um, but you now you went off in a different uh, a different direction in terms of Asian cuisine. Yes. Uh- just because uh, we have a very, um, we went to Las Vegas. We tried, the first time we tried the Korean barbecue in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We got this, uh, yeah, we were surprised. It's so good. And uh, mm-hmm. we like the environment. Uh, it's like fun and uh, young and um, meat. You know, like no one, you know, everyone la- love meat. So my mm-hmm. husband and me, like, we're like both got impressed. So we were thinking, actually, we even thinking open the Korean barbecue before Duck and Ball. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's because the franchise fee is too high back then. It's, yeah, it's cost too high. So we stopped. So mm-hmm. after we got this space in Chinatown, uh, Chinatown in Houston right now is very hot spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, I think it's busier than Gloria even. Mm-hmm. So... So that's why I was thinking, what should we bring to Chinatown? And then, you know, like um, to uh, uh, attract more people there. So um, the first of all, I think we need to get, you know, cheaper price, good quality and the the better environment. So we want everybody for Korean barbecue, actually, it's kind of expensive food. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but uh, for, for us, we think about maybe we want everybody can try try it, you know, like uh, even, you know, not uh, 16 years old or uh, 60 years old. It doesn't matter, but no age limit. So I want everybody try it and uh, give it a good price. Um, so that's why we starting thinking to open the Korean barbecue in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Nice. So that's the that's very basic to think from beginning. We understand it's off to a very good start, hearing good things, and I hear you're quite busy. And you're only four months old right now? Four months old, yes, sir. Congratulations. Thank you. Tell us a little more about that concept. Um, 
Chinatown is very busy. We understand. How did you find the site? How big is it? What style of service? Is it full service with a bar too? Or did you choose to do so? Okay, it is. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think uh, I think a full bar is very important for a restaurant, no matter what cuisine is. That's mm-hmm. uh, I think because um, everybody coming out, they want to you know get fun and relax. So I think uh, if you have a, a full bar, it's definitely well plus. That's why I recommend everybody if you have ability to have a, a full bar, you need to open a full bar. With the restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah. For right now, everybody just you know want to be hang out, you know, have have a couple drink and then you know a little uh eat a little. I don't think people want tons food right now, but you know the environment you're eating and uh, the drinks, couple drinks, relaxing and uh, meet friends. I think that's that's um I um I prefer the environment for a restaurant environment right okay. now. Uh-huh. And, it's uh huh. Full service, I would assume. Then you have a hostess and and yeah. servers. Not yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have three managers manage this uh, home dice thirty three right now, and then we have uh, hostess, uh, totally twenty servers. Yeah, we're yeah many, pretty busy. Yes, that's what I hear. I haven't <laughs> been, but I'm. I it's definitely on the list. Uh, good things. Uh, it's get a lot of buzz. Um, how many customers can you see? What what's the capacity there? Um, average right now is like on the weekend. Uh, it's, it's more than three hundred people on the weekend. So um, regular is a little slow. Right. Mm-hmm. Regular is a little bit slow. It's around like two hundred people per day. Hey, you know, serving three hundred people a day there. You know, for <laughs> that's a, pretty good. That's, that's a, a good business. Yeah. For a, four-month-old concept. These guys are off to the races. Yeah, but yeah, the thing is the we open uh, late, 11.30 to uh, 2 a.m. on the Friday, Saturday, and the regular day we open until 12 a.m. Mm-hmm. The reason we want to open late because there's a lot like workers, uh, like restaurant workers, after they get off work, they don't have nowhere to go to have dinner. And also, uh, Chinatown has a nightlife right now. So um, we want to, you know, extending hours uh, like, like the customer have fun over there. Sure. So you have two concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your plans for expansion? Or are you just going to uh, keep uh, developing the concepts you have and, and, and making them um, whatever you want for them or are you looking at possibly going in other directions or expanding either one of those into additional units actually we uh the both um brand we want to expand in both brand and uh for current barbecue i think it's more easy to copy paste for uh like franchise Mm-hmm. And uh, for talking about, it's more about uh, our cuisine and uh, they need a high skill chefs to, uh, you know, to cook for sure, because uh, we want to do authentic. Um, so, yeah, that's the plan mm, for a franchise. We're probably going to expanding uh, Hyundai 33 more, going to mm-hmm. be more locations. You know, I like yeah. that cut and paste term. I'm going to steal that. 
And I, I've always imagined that Peking duck was required a, a fair amount of skill in itself right. to do well. Yeah, especially we have the dump, we're making dumplings in front mm -hmm. of customers. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so dim sum is, is really a, a high art form too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the parcel dumplings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're trying to upgrade uh, some menu uh some dishes later because uh, we want to give out uh, more options for customers maybe add a, a carrier on their dock or mm -hmm. maybe add a truffle on their do uh, dumplings mm -hmm. so i want to give out uh, these options mm -hmm. very good i like the fact that you've mentioned two or three times already franchise um uh, for the Korean barbecue, it seemed like you were interested in a franchise concept, but the fee was too high, decided to do it a different way. If I'm understanding correctly, and you and your husband created your own concept. Yes. Now, even though it's only four months old, uh, you're telling Barry that you could see in the short term future that although both concepts could grow, Korean barbecue might be easier, cut and paste, so to speak, yes. and could actually have a future in franchising. So I'm thinking that must have something to do with not just your interest in restaurants, but also your, your ability in accounting, because franchising is different. You know, it, it, it's going to become sort of a separate company and franchise success means the ability to manage other companies, basically, rather than company stores. Right. Um, what do you find interesting about that? And what do you think might be challenging about growing in, in the franchise mode? Um, I think the most challenging for a franchise is the management control. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How can they franchisee to follow you, your rule? And uh, how can you audit, internal audit is the most important. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, boy, you hit that nail right on the head. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure if there were experienced franchise companies here, they would say that's exactly it. The, the idea is you're, you're trying to create value in your brand, but uh -huh. you're doing it through other companies. So the challenge is how you can develop. I would even back up and say select. How you're going to be selecting you know, people that you feel are going to be compatible with right. your brand. So they're going to manage things in the way you want them to, because you know, you're not supervising them like an employee. You're basically right. relating to them as another company. Right. Yes. And Duck and Bow, in terms of kitchen talent, um, have you been fortunate enough to keep turnover low and, and develop your kitchen? Um, uh, or because I imagine it's not as easy just to find a chef who can do that. I mean, um, I always uh, treat my employees as a family friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, we we're willing to pay them a little higher salaries than a current marketing marketing mm -hmm. rate, <clears throat> and also, um, yeah. I always believe like good employees is, you know, uh, if you give them what they want, I think is, is the, you know, the, um, how should I say the good payback and the war is, um, they can feel like they're appreciate, uh, we're appreciate their work. So this is where pay, uh, we're willing to pay higher rate mm -hmm. than marketing rate for sure. And also, for um yeah um 
we are willing to uh, maybe starting uh, doing like 401k for them, health insurance. That's our next step. Wow. So we're thinking we want growing and we, we need to have, have these uh, uh, benefits for my employees. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's a uh, big learning, deal. Yeah. Learning from even we are like from like small restaurant, I still think we need to learn from big corporation. That's mm-hmm. how they keep the good people, value people there. And um, yeah, so uh, next step, if we're spending more restaurants, we're going to uh, have all those set up for my employees, full-time mm-hmm. employees. Yes. Oh, very good. I like it. I do. I think uh, the the idea of, yes, you are a small restaurant company, but you have the ability to think big makes great sense. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's very, very important to sort of see what you're going to need at the finish line. Right. And then work your way there. So yeah, the more you can spend your time, um, you know, developing that strategy of building the team. Um, sounds like you're engaging, you know, your staff very well. Um, if you compensate them well, if they know that they're going to benefit from your growth, then yeah, you're you are ahead of the game. Congratulations, you know, on that. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your role. I mean, as an owner now, uh, first one concept. Okay, now two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the concepts are different, uh, located in different areas. Some of them operate at different hours. Um, you've already got your head wrapped around how you want to improve one concept, expand the other one. So what's a day in your life like? What? How has your role uh, changed when you went from one to two? Um, you mean from fourth concept to the second different concept? Yeah. How did it change your role as an owner? And and really, what are what are your responsibilities now? My responsibility is uh, to right now we need to find more locations, and we <laughs> keep a look at the locations right now. And uh, maybe since we already have a two concepts, we want to find the land, and maybe we build up our own. Since yeah, since uh, because uh, we have uh, two concepts, and then. We can, you know, raise this land value too at the same time. And especially since the interest is so high right now. So I think it's better to do your own business on the land when you get the land. So I think it's maybe a higher rate to, you know, capture rate back to renting a renting um a store right now. Mm-hmm. And also uh uh, we want to um, social go out to social to meet people, and uh, we're uh, willing to try all the new restaurants right now, open in Houston area, and we're learning the you know the fresh new idea from them, and the, like the technology, all the POS systems. So yeah, we're still keep learning everything. Well, Chris, I'm listening to you, Grace, and it. It uh, we we talk we've been talking about this idea of you know owners that have they have to work on the business which you do obviously um, what I'm hearing from you and uh, and and some have to work in the business as well um, everything you told me lets me know that you are somebody who's working on the business but uh, in terms of your role with two uh, concepts. Um, are you and your husband in the restaurants? Are you touching tables? Are you talking to guests? Or does your team um, uh, handle all that for you while you're out looking at things more strategically? 
like occasionally we will back into the restaurant to help a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the right now we're uh, all growing, so we need to find the new locations. And then so we hire a management team to manage my restaurants and uh, mm-hmm. and also we give them opportunities to be part of us, to be part mm-hmm. of owner in our future business. Mm-hmm. So that's why they put their effort in just as us right now to, you know, management the restaurant. Oh, very yeah, good. I, so always, I always tell my managers, I say, hey, you represent me. Okay? Yes. Yes. But, but and isn't that great, Chris, where, you know, that link really is, if you want to work on the business, you better have managers who are working in the business for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, and I think that that's right, Barry. And sometimes people get to that point so much later then Grace has already got mm-hmm. to that point. Um, what we're hearing here for our listeners, please make note of this, that, that you'll notice that it all starts with developing bench strength. We've heard Grace say a couple of times about the compliment to her hands-on management team. Um, and the management team already knows that there's a development path for them. So as the company grows, obviously they're going to grow either into positions or maybe you can explain how they become managing partners or something. Now, again, these concepts are not new, but they are kind of new for a concept that is maybe looking to grow something that's only in its fourth month. So yeah, I'd say you're very well structured and very well thought out. Oh, thank you. For, for At this point, really. Yeah. And I mean, doing business, I think it's not just to see right, like uh, everything from now, you have to see future. And maybe you have to give yourself five years or 10 years goal uh, to accomplishment, um, you know, something. And at least you have your plan at least. So just try to, you know, accomplishment one by one. I know I say this every time we, almost every time we do a podcast, Chris, with successful smart operators like Grace, but it always comes back to this people first philosophy. You've got to have your team in place. You have to have to feel like they're part of the uh, the business and, and you have to develop good management. Um, without that, you can't really hope to, to grow. Exactly. So here's a question about handling management. And I think some of our listeners will be very uh, interested to hear your answer on this. How, how do you communicate regularly with your management team? Are there, say, weekly management meetings and are you giving them short-term goals? Um, and what numbers, what type of finances do you share with them? Do they have like, say, cost targets, revenue goals? I think a little bit of your accounting side is going to show in this. So explain how you like to manage your managers from that standpoint. Uh, yes, all my manager team, they're uh, able to see everyday sales. So they're opening and closing and mm-hmm. they, they can uh, print out the uh, daily report and then put in the save for us. So pretty much they know all over, um, uh, sorry, I need to turn this So they pretty much know all, everything about like our um, restaurant sales every, every single day. So this is a good part uh, is um, they have a, you know, they have a confidence to, to be working with us. So they, they can see the future. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of restaurant like uh, managers, they they want to maybe they have their dream to open their own business as well. 
So um, we have these uh, two concepts right now. And if they're seeing, hey, uh, they're doing pretty well and we, we, I want to be part of them later. So I, I don't hide anything for managers. So they pretty much know all the sales every day. And, and then if, yeah, if I- Expenses? Um, even key expenses, are they aware of like what targets they should be on for prime costs, managing labor and that kind of thing? Uh, not that detailed like, for expenses part, but um, the only the sales part they can see, but they do know the labor cost and the yeah. rent. The pretty much three big thing is the rent, labor cost and the inventory cost. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. So if uh, they can figure out these three things, pretty much like 90% of your expenses. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. Prime no. cost management, yeah. you, 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 you hit it right there. Prime cost management, uh, yeah. how, how important is that, Chris? I mean- and, Well, and it doesn't surprise me, see, that she's no. already got a management team that understands okay. that, that is concentrating on daily reports, but it does sound like, uh, there's weekly communication, and it sounds like at the period end, they know occupancy, they know labor goals, they know revenue targets. Again, these are things that I think uh, any company that is really trying to get the most out of their people and any company um, that's trying to be more profitable is doing. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, I got to interrupt you because um, I actually I do daily communication with them pretty much daily. And then um, I have uh, all the POIs on my computer. I have a home office. Mm-hmm. So I pretty much can check everything what's going on in the uh, restaurant. That's why I don't have to be represented in the restaurant right now. And uh, I can see uh, POIs, uh, how this table doing, how's uh, this to-go order. Because right now we have a lot to-go orders from you know Ch- uh, Chinese restaurant. Sure. But uh, how can I do that internal control is I keep checking, you know, all the uh, orders and uh, how much they got a arrow or how much they got a refund, uh, how much uh, they did uh, post. So I always communicate with, K- K- with manager. I say, hey, uh, what happened today? Like mm-hmm. from this uh, time to this time, you post the system. So you have to sometimes... You don't have to every day to to talk about this, but sometimes you're sitting here, you check, and then you know, at least like management knows you care about this. You still care, you're still there. It's not just through the business, give it to them, let them handle everything, and then um bad situation. But uh, uh be an owner, you have to be always there for them, no matter what. Yes. So uh that's why i keep checking how's everything yeah what's immediately need today let us know we're gonna drop that off mm-hmm. yeah so we communicate all the managers every day and immediately uh everybody have a, a corporate car for sure so if you if they can handle they can go buy it but if they need our help we will show up right away Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to yeah, you have to be like that and then still care your business and then in the meantime you can expand in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have your finger on the pulse all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um in a takeout delivery, full service dining, um catering, uh special events, is that part of your um your business as well? Special. Oh, uh, we haven't done any special. Cater, catering, special events, you know, uh-huh. off, catering, that kind yes. of thing. Yes, uh-huh. yes. 
And right now, three of our restaurants, we don't take any reservations. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because I think it's fair for people, you know, walking, they're waiting. Uh, so it's better than, you know, the table is empty and uh, a lot of customer wait outside. So okay. I prefer um, just first come, first serve. Okay. And, and a lot of popular restaurants do that because they know that there'll be people ready to sit down when they open the doors. So. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, a lot of people are going to wait outside and say, hey, you have table, but no, yeah, no one there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes makes sense. So I'm very, very uh, interested in how you might have stayed true to trends um, with what you're doing. Um, how have you, say, stayed current on um, on Duckenbau uh, with, say, um, market changes, with supply, with the way people market? Because you went from having a very loyal uh, Chinese uh, base when you first started but now it's three years later and it isn't just takeout. It's also in-house. And how have you kept up? What is your use of technology, social media, that kind of thing like? Yes. Just like I said, we keep doing a lot of research uh, for new restaurants and for the, uh, on the um, Instagram, we keep following those um, uh, like popular restaurants. So we're learning how, do they bring in the customers? And obviously, we, we got the best PR right now and helping us to bring in uh, the customers. But our ability is to keep this, uh, keep those customers keep coming back. It's not just for, time, uh, for like one time deal, you know, like we need to keep, keep uh, let them come back. So that's the thing. We need to have a good quality food, good quality service, and the best eating environment for them. That's why I always tell my husband, you know, like the quality, quality, the full quality. We we try even the all you can eat. We give the best quality meat to customers. People mm-hmm. can tell right now. People can tell. We use wagyu beef. Sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Well, I like hearing that, Chris. I mean, you know, we, there's so much focus on social media and, and all, that, all that stuff is very important. But, you know, uh, word of mouth marketing, particularly with social media, is going to be you, you earn that. You don't buy it and you don't get it unless you have a quality experience. Uh, uh, I like to believe people will go out and tell their friends and family, hey, this is a great place. You need to come here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do. I'd like to emphasize that. It sounds like you're 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 staying continuing to follow your customer preferences. Um, mm-hmm. You're wanting to build loyalty. Boy, what a good thing for that is if everyone realizes that the better way to build sales is taking satisfied customers and making them loyal customers. Um, and by leading with quality, like you said, if that's quality with people, quality with service and quality with your product, um, that is, that's the that's the best marketing. Really happy to hear you've got very good foundation of uh, of say business points that you're working from. Yeah, that's gonna be thanks. I had the accounting background and uh, learning a lot in back in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, it, it, you've got the fundamentals of the business down pat, yeah, and uh, and that, that's that makes such a difference. I mean, you're 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 telling us how it works and 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 how you're making it work. So it's 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 very impressive. Thank you. 
Well, Grace, I think it's about all the time we have. I think it's we're going to have to wrap up, but this has been delightful. Um, I'm starving now, and I need, I need to, to run out on <laughs> one of your restaurants. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for making us hungry. But actually, thank you for sharing uh, your your pearls of wisdom and the 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 things that you've learned so very quickly, because in a very short period of time, you've gone from one to two concepts. You've got a tremendous amount of success. And I think that your future is going to be very, very bright. So good luck with those extra sites that you're looking for right now. And good luck with the funds you want to raise in order to go buy and build. You're going to be fun to watch. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Barry. You're welcome. Bye, bye, Grace. Bye, guys. Thank and you. thank you everyone for joining. We hope you can catch up with us really soon for another Corner Booth. Take care. Thank you for joining us on the Corner Booth. We'll be back next Tuesday with more inspiration, insights, and industry best practices to help you engage your team, delight your guests, and grow your business.